Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Yoinks, gadzooks, and howdy, spriggins, sprites, ghoulies, gasties, and long-leggedy beasties. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Keynesian Economics in a Post-Colonialist World. Uh, Max? Or, or as it's better known, Max Mike Movies. Oh, okay. Good. Wait, wait yeah. what's this economics? <laughs> the <laughs> show is free. A classy audience. <laughs> uh, our audience is very classy. We am smart. Today we continue our true confessions about guilty pleasures. We? Movies, movies that one of us really likes, even though we know we shouldn't. We know they're bad for us. But it's such a good bad. Sometimes. <laughs> okay, sometimes it's just a bad bad, but sometimes it's a good good with a hint of bad and a few notes of nutmeg. Max. Anyway, yes? <laughs> sorry, sorry. This week it's my turn to confess one of my guilty pleasures, the 2015 movie Strange Magic. Confess! And... <laughs> confess! <laughs> no, and put away the, the soft cushions. <laughs> An animated musical fantasy from that master of musical fantasy animation, <laughs> George Lucas? How do we fair, he was only the executive producer. He didn't direct it. He just threw money at it. Something to feel guilty about, George? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, besides the other stuff. But <laughs> looking at you, pod racing. <laughs> yep. Looking at you in three movies in a row. Uh, but we are pleasures you don't have to feel guilty about. I am one of your pleasurable hosts, Max Levine. And I am a large pie. <laughs> also known as Mike Luce. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> I don't want anybody to know us here. <laughs> Please do enjoy the pleasures of our website, MaxMikeMovies.com, or Ooh. check out our Facebook page, MaxMikeMovies, ah. or follow us on the Twitter at PlortMaxMikeMovies, or enjoy all of these pleasures and never once feel guilty about it. I like to be enjoyed. Do you? I do. Enjoy <laughs> us, won't you? You know what I would enjoy right now? What's that? I would enjoy some trivia. You, you don't want the plot? Let, uh, me, give, let me give you the plot, because there's a lot of it. Will I enjoy <laughs> it? No, probably not. The show. In a fantasy world of fairies, goblins, and elves who live in the light, and goblins, bogarts, and weird insectoid beings who living in the dark... We have two fairy princesses, the flirtatious Dawn and her older sister Marianne, who, after being betrayed by the betraying Roland the Betrayer, who's sort of a <laughs> blonde-winged Elvis, swears off love and focuses on becoming Xena Warrior Fairy. <laughs> well, she kind of does. Roland, however, wants the throne. Mwahaha. And he'll do anything to get it, including tricking an elf named Sonny, who is in love with Dawn, to get a magic love potion from the dark forest of the evil bog king who has also sworn off love. Ooh, hiss. <laughs> Hijinks ensue, and we get a sort of vague homage to Midsummer Night's Dream, we where do. the potion keeps causing the wrong people to fall in love. Stuff happens, kidnappings occur, love prevails. Oh, and the characters break into popular songs. A lot. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. A lot. Yeah, so hmm? that's the plot, huh? That well, I simplified it, but yeah, pretty much. Good. I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah, it's remarkably uh, convoluted. So, yeah, trivia. Yeah. Well, uh, this shouldn't come as a great shock, but this was not exactly a huge hit. <gasps> yeah, it lost about forty million dollars. That's was, all. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it didn't cost that much, it but didn't. Uh, yeah. But it was also designated one of the biggest bombs of 2015. Possibly because nobody knew it came out. Yeah, it was not exactly widely publicized. And even I remember when the ads were out, I couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be. Uh, an animated film with music in it? What more do you need to know? Yeah, somehow they managed to mess that up. But it, <laughs> it took George Lucas, by the way, 15 years to develop this thing. Oh, that's what this is. I do remember hearing. A... Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, this. I always figure this was okay, guys. How do we keep him away from the Star Wars movies? Make <laughs> his stupid cartoon. Now, the the writer and director Gary Rydstrom, he is very well known in the industry as a sound designer and re-recording mixer. Ah. He has a total of three, count them, three other directing credits, and those are all animated shorts. 
Ah. Including Toy Story Toons Hawaiian Vacation. Oh, if I could quickly add. Yes. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the director is the one who says that the film is inspired by Midsummer Night's Dream, the fairy tale Ugly Duckling, Beauty and the Beast, American Graffiti. I don't get that one. Well, the music, maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. And Labyrinth. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Bog King, who is voiced by Alan Cumming. Yeah. Is de- his design is based on a cross between a praying mantis and a cockroach. I see. Uh, I actually know. I don't. I see dragonfly. I don't yeah, see. I, okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Cockroach, I can kind of see with a carapace, but the sister, the sisters, Marianne and Dawn, are actually named after two Four Seasons songs. You know, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons of the right. same title. Uh, I I knew Dawn. You know, Dawn, go away. He's not good. He's no good for you. The other one is Come On Marianne, which actually Roland sings to her in the movie. Yeah, I did know that song. I did I just, not. Yeah. Now, see, I thought it was interesting that you had one character named Marianne, the other one named Dawn, <laughs> and Dawn Wells played Marianne. played Marianne on Gilligan's Island. So I think that... Uh, Coincidence? I don't <laughs> think so. I'm looking at you, director. Who's he? What's it? Anyway, go ahead. Uh, the, also, the sisters were supposed to have long brown hair, but that was too expensive, so they made their hair short. And made, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. How does digital I hair... I don't know. <laughs> hair is hard. Well, hair is hard to do. You know that. I, well, yeah, but hmm. yeah. And by the way, does yeah. the did the fairy king? That's his name, by the way. He has no other name, so we're just going to. Well, you can see who we should. Did he look familiar? Did he look familiar? Yeah. No. He's modeled after George Lucas. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> they left the dewlap off. Oops. Oh. No. And well, the thing is, like George isn't fat. No, no, he but, isn't. But, he, but this the guy face was like the mustache. There was and, yeah. literally one round character in the entire film, and he. Well, that's not fair. There was, but the other characters were kind of bulky, and he's just sort of round. Yeah. But anyway. True. True. Um, he's a big music nut, and uh, he really wanted to make uh, what is a jukebox movie. And that's what this is. This is very much a jukebox movie. Now, what could you define that for our listeners? Sure, I, had to, I actually had to look that up. Um, it's an original show. Not based on a film that uses previously released popular songs that don't really have any relation to the story as its musical score. So any of the Mamma Mia movies? Yes, exactly. Or <laughs> one of the ones. Uh, what is it? Evan, Ra- uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who played, who's the voice of Marianne. She was in another one of these called Across the Universe. Did you ever oh, see that? Is that the Beatles one? That is the Beatles one. That eh, is the no. one that actually can make you dislike Beatles music. Yeah. No thanks. Didn't they yeah. have to re-record everything? I probably that one? yeah. I, I'm I, not interested. I don't know. It's not really worth paying a lot of attention to. Yeah, and besides, you've got 43 Mamma Mia films to see first. So uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh boy. The voice cast is a strange mix of some famous people and a whole lot of unknowns. Right. Uh, like I say, Marianne is Evan Rachel Wood. The king is Alfred Molina. Right. Who by who by the way, I obviously the reason he's in this is he owes a lot to George Lucas. Because his first film role was in Indiana Jones, the first Indiana Jones movie. Right. Yeah. You throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. Yep. And I'm gone. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I've had Enjoy my me in Spider-Man, years to come. Yep. Uh, you know, Bob King, I said, is Alan Cummings. The Sugar Plum Fairy, who I don't know what she's doing, why suddenly a Tchaikovsky character shows up in this fantasy world. But no idea. That was Kristen Chenoweth, the Broadway actress, voice actress. Uh, and Griselda, who is the mother of the Bog King, is the great comic Maya Rudolph, formerly okay. of Saturday Night Live. The strangest voice pairing, I thought, is, you know, the comic relief goblins that hang around the two guys? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who yeah. keeps trying to make the other one get himself into trouble. Right. Those are, by the way, their names, which they say, I paid very careful attention, but it's really easy to miss. The, the little one is named Fang, and the big one is named Stuff. Okay. Yeah. And Thang is voiced by Peter Stormare. Okay. Who's that? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, he was the devil in Constantine. He's, I... the, he's the astronaut on the mirror in, uh, uh, oh, God, the Bruce Willis on an asteroid movie. Oh, this is how oh, is that fixed... Armageddon or the other one? Armageddon. That's yeah. right. He, he, as Peter Stormare is a very talented actor. I don't know what the hell happened here. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know the stuff you've named so far. I, I can see what happened to him, but go yeah. ahead. And the larger, 
uh, stuff is Bob Einstein. Oh, I love his theory. <laughs> or is it his bagels? I can't remember which. No, no. That, better known as Super Dave Osborne. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep, okay. yep. Who unfortunately just passed away. The late Bob Einstein, yes. Yeah. Very odd. Uh, who, played, a... who played Sonny? Was it anybody? No. Oh, because his face looked like we're supposed to know yeah, who he, he looked is. Like, yeah, I know. He's, he looks like he's supposed to be a caricature. If he is, I got no clue. Yeah, because it's like, no it's clue. not Gabriel Iglesias, but it's like, oh, you're supposed to look like somebody like that, but you're not. <laughs> According to uh, the voice actress Meredith Ann Bull, who plays uh, Dawn, she saw Peter Stormare chew an entire pack of gum while recording his voice as Thang. So that's ah. where that weird sound, that's one of the reasons his voice sounds so freaky. Okay. Maybe he's a freaky and he belongs in the freaky's Fre- tree. Indeed. We love their cereal. Uh, so... That, that's pretty much all the trivia I've got. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, discussion time. Yes. The Lowdown. I have a question for you. If you What's that? Start starting some, some, something small. Yeah. Um, why the hell did you pick this? <laughs> it's supposed what to... is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> oh, sure. Let's just jump right in with the character attack. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If you'd like to know what's wrong with Max, you can write us as <laughs> us at MaxMikeMovies.com. Because okay. I know I'm going to write you right now. Dear Max, huh. what is wrong with you? Sign anonymous. <sighs> okay. So, yeah. Why did you pick this? I honestly can't explain it. I, whenever it's not something I like I didn't see in the theaters. I never I don't usually sit down to watch it. For example, I watched it again for the show last night. It was the first time I'd ever seen the beginning. It's okay. just this thing that I come across on cable and I end up watching the whole thing. And I don't really know why. First of all, I like the I like the songs in that I like the original songs. Right. The arrangements they do for the songs is usually not that interesting. And I'm going to say that uh, the number, there's a number of songs. I don't know if they're actually classified as Motown or not, mm-hmm. but we've got some Pat Boone syndrome going on here where they wipe the hell out of them. They um, do. And then they do some strange things with the army when it's marching and they're singing their sort of marching song. You know, I believe that's the opening to Poker Face. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, now apparently, according to uh, the, the page on this thing, it like uses songs that span about 60 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, all right, so this film starts, mm-hmm. and they show you this, this map of light and dark, and it's like, okay. <laughs> it's basically like, here's a large hammer. Now, if you will apply this to your head, you will understand our story. Oh, there is nothing subtle about this. This is clearly, <laughs> at best, you could see it as a kid's movie. I, I wouldn't do this to children. <laughs> I, that's just mean. I know, honestly, it's like, uh, although to be fair, I could smell the Happy Meals just like reeking from this movie. I don't it think wanted... there was ever any merchandising. I don't think it did well enough to justify any. Well, that's the thing is that when you do merchandising, you don't do it after the fact. You do ah. it before. And you've got George Lucas, and I'm sure somebody... Well, it's probably like... You know, it's not like a Happy Meal. It's probably like... Who's who's lower down on the fast food rungs? You know, like Ugh. Popeyes or Arby's. Wen- Wendy's, maybe. <laughs> Wendy's, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, well, it's not a Happy Meal. It's a complacent meal or whatever <laughs> they call it at, at that restaurant. Um but I, that's how they, they, they fund these films, is that they do the merchandising mm. well ahead of time. Uh, um, I don't so, remember any merch for this thing. Oh, I don't think it lasted if there was any, yeah. but it just smelled like, oh, you want to have these characters in with your burger. I, you know, I there know. are a couple of things I like about this. I like the fact that both of the romantic leads, at least both the male romantic leads, start out unattractive and stay unattractive. Nothing. Ha- there's no magic spell that suddenly they turn beautiful. Excuse yeah. me. Roland... Is kind of hot, yeah. But Roland's in, in a, a bad in a little, guy. But he's a romantic lead, yeah. Right, because well, he's of. searching for love. Or do, now, are you talking about uh, Marianne and? Um, no, I'm talking uh, about the Bog face? King and Sonny. Oh, son. Oh, I guess he's. Yeah, I keep forgetting him. He's. Uh, I get it, but he's his character just always feels second tier. No, he's very much the B roll. Yeah, yeah. I like the Bog King's design. I like the way he looks, and I gotta say, considering what Alan Cumming actually looks like and what his real voice is, <laughs> I was surprised he came off as butch as he did. Well, you know, he's had some butch roles. Yeah, like um, what? 
Uh, well, he was, I mean, he was German, but he was butch as Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah, I guess. But uh, he was now, all... he, he was not at all butch in Eyes Wide Shut. No. <laughs> that was more like the regular coming. Yeah. You remember he, he actually had a cologne come out called coming. And it's like. Oh, I didn't remember that. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Dear. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, we're just oh. going to. Because he's, he's Scottish. So he's like, we're yeah. just going to call it coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll never buy it. But good for you. That's 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 um, you have some um, cajones there. Mm. You know. I like the fact that the bad guy is the handsome prince. Although, again, of course, Beauty and the Beast does that much better. And also, it's like we see it from the beginning. Yeah. Like, my first notes was, let's see. Um, prince seems sketchy from the start, dot, dot, dot. And there you go. Like, yeah. literally, as I was writing it, we, we saw his true side. And it's like, eh, okay. I kind of like the relationship between the king and Marianne. And again, he's because he's not the completely clueless father. He's the father who doesn't understand what his daughter is turning into, but still loves her and still wants what's best for her. He just doesn't understand what that is. I'm sorry. What part of him was not clueless? No, 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 no. We, you should like uh, Roland. He's a great guy. Here, come here, Roland. You're, you'll be. You're a great guy. So he doesn't know about that. He mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do about the 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 dark forest. Ooh, scary. Um, and he doesn't understand his daughter. So how yeah. is he not clueless? Because he also because he's not saying that there's anything wrong with her. He's not saying you should change. He's saying I just want you to open yourself back up to love. And you should go and do these things. I think you should do, even though I, you know, you don't want to do them. Like what else besides uh, go to the party? I don't wanna go to the party. I don't wanna go to the party. Okay. Well, there's also the fact that she is royalty. She has certain social responsibilities. But he says specifically to her, you will be a stronger queen if you have a king. And it's like, you know what? Up yours. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. 2015, I think this was. So it, it kind of doesn't have that excuse. Mm, that's a point. So it's like last week when we were talking about. Uh, no, it wasn't last week. What the hell were we talking about? Uh, where it should have been. Oh, it was Aquaman. It's like, why can't Mera be queen? Why do we need a- Aquaman? Why, <laughs> why do we need Aquaman? We don't. Yeah. She'd be great. Um I liked the creature design, the character design. Mm. It felt very much like Brian Froud. I don't know if he had anything to do Ooh. with this. Who's Brian Froud, Brian Froud. Okay, so in the seventies, uh, there were books that came out. Fairy. They gnome. had books back in the seventies. They did. They were wow. magical things with white pages. <laughs> uh, no, he was eventually also the guy they got to do to design everything in Labyrinth. Um, oh. As well as Dark Crystal. I could uh, don't don't quote me on Labyrinth. Do quote me on Dark Crystal. Sorry. Okay. So he was the fairy guy. Like he really, there were books on gnomes, fairies. Oh, oh that was him. Th- those big hardcover things that just said fairies. I, and, I think and no- fairies oh, was him. Yep. Okay. So um, these looked very reminiscent of yeah. that, and I thought that visually it was very pretty, and there was obviously a lot of work done. I liked the way that the characters moved. Her butterfly wings, uh, even Roland's. I liked the fact that Roland like kept his wings furled, furled. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time and then when they popped out he was a moth he wasn't yeah. a butterfly yeah. but he was still you know it was like this is kind of cool I like the way they move I like the way they're expressing themselves with them sometimes um, in general the animation and the and the visuals were really good I liked that yeah um, and then the music starts and it's like uh oh yeah. and then you're like okay well there's a song oh wait there's another one yeah, there oh, are oh, what, awful oh, lot of songs. I, I, I know. Friendly, I know. And and some the char- some of the characters who are clearly supposed to be charming are really irritating. The Sugar Plum Fairy is a tremendous waste of Ch- Kristen Chenoweth. Well, and what she the just, heck was wrong with her? I don't know. I think they must have given her about 60 milligrams of speed. Well, I feel like the design of the character I thought was like just off. Yeah, she looked she kind of like that... a larva. Well, she was. She just wasn't attractive. She wasn't mm. appealing. That's that's actually a very key word in um, character design. Is no matter how weird the character looks, if it's appealing, that's all that counts. Mm. And you can have bizarre or even somewhat ugly looking characters, but if they're appealing, then stuff's cool. The weird part is when you've got something that looks like it should be handsome or or beautiful, and it's not appealing. It's just like I'm gonna have to go out on a limb here and say most of the human characters, if not all the human characters in the Shrek films not appealing yeah no i can see that they always look to me well actually if you consider the king and queen some of the ones in far far away most of the background humans look very rushed i thought uh, like fiona's mother i think is appealing yeah uh, I, I mean 
she's not something you want a doll of, right? You don't want to uh, go out and, and you know what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. That uh, that appeal. And again, it can be ugly. You can have an ugly character, like like you were saying, you really like the design of the Bob King, Boggy yeah. Kingy. Um, yeah. He he's fine. I don't think he's a standout design, but he's fine. He conveys that that crusty exterior. With the heart of gold. Mm. No, but he's you, you can see him go either ways. I actually like the part where he's like, I'm angry, I'm angry. And then she's like, oh, I love you, I love you. I'm just, could you not do that? I'd be <laughs> great if you could just not. Yeah, we're I, fine. But does, I, does, I like the line where he's like threatening, he's trying to threaten Dawn, who has been hit with a love potion and such is in love right. with him, which usually consists of her singing Sugar Pie Honey Bunch over and over again, which admittedly oh, uh, really gets on my nerves. And over and over again. Yes. Because don't but, forget uh, at one point, he's like saying, "I'll tear your wings off," and she just like looks up and goes, "Flirt." <laughs> and he's like, "I have no idea what to do here." Yeah, he's not but, used to people not being afraid of him, and it really throws him. And there are moments in this film, you know, I won't, yeah. I won't throw it totally onto the pile with Aquaman, <laughs> <laughs> but there are moments in this film. But it's such a weird. I mean, it, it it's not even like a first draft. It's kind of like, hey, I've got an idea for a movie. Although maybe since you said Lucas had been working on this for 15 years, maybe he woke up one day and said, I think I had an idea for a movie uh, 15 years ago. Could you make it? <laughs> and his team was like, uh, do you have any more? Now just go ahead and make it. Okay. Yeah, it does really fit that the director was a sound and music guy because like, okay, no, none of the story of the dialogue is what matters. Uh, what matters is just how we segue from one song to another and how we make the sound song, the song sound. Yeah, and it's, you know, the whole, oh, the light forest and the dark forest. Okay, why is it the dark forest? Is it just shady there? I yeah. mean, I guess. And it's like, there doesn't seem to really be a boundary because at any given point, somebody goes over either side. So I can't even figure out what's keeping somebody else at bay. Cause... Yeah, there's no sense of if if there is a conflict between the fairies and the goblins, and if so, what it's based on. Well, Except that, you know, it's like, grr, eh. Yeah. <laughs> you, and, you suck. Know, nope. No, you suck. And, and of course, there is the, the uh, use of the well-known danger of primroses, because those are very <sighs> dangerous. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't so, matter. That part and of it's the like, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, so we, we have to make this love potion. This is like kind of the crux of the plot, sort of, kind of. And it's like, well... To do that, you have to go and get a primrose petal, which apparently only grow right on the border, but mm. in the light side. So it's like, why is this bothering anybody? And then you have to go to the sugar plum fairy because she's the only one who can make it because mm. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and I don't even think was that even Marianne's idea in the beginning. Was she actually going to do that? I thought she was just picking no. flowers. She and was somebody just else for said flowers. Yeah, yeah they... and somebody else was like, "Oh no, they're gonna try and make it." And it's like, no, they're not. Like, they're literally not. Yeah, in no, fact, she it, literally stumbles over a primrose. They're like, oh, yeah. look, a primrose. Yeah, let's leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then yeah. the next next plot point is she finds out that Roland's uh, a schmuck, which, yeah. you know, we, he's, we che he's cheating on her before their wedding. Yeah. And I like the fact she's like, well, I'm not marrying him. And it's like, well, it's really nice that you don't have to tell anybody. The wedding just doesn't happen. Mm. We don't see her go and say, disinvite everybody. You know, <laughs> we don't see the church or, you know, the nutshell, whatever it is they get married in. Um, we don't see it all decorated and everybody going, oh, we don't have a wedding or anything. It's just not doesn't happen. It no. just goes away. <laughs> And although she does then suddenly become Pat Benatar, um, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She becomes. Yeah, she starts training herself to be a fighter, which I kind of liked. And I, one of the I, sequence... I meant the punk gothy thing where she's oh, like, yeah. You know, I kept waiting for her to to start shaking her the upper part of her torso and singing, you know, "Love is a battlefield." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they, those she of you who don't know, that's a very famous video because the choreography is so bad. The choreography is too, oh lord. And it's yeah. Pat Benatar who's awesome, and it's like, yeah. why are you making her do this? And it's um, like none of her other videos are like that. <laughs> I can just see it now. And she's like shaking her top, and it's yeah. like, oh, it's just yeah. So for fun, for extra credit, I would like all of our listeners at the end of the show to yeah. go and Google or to go to YouTube yeah. and look up Pat Benatar. I love is a battlefield. Yeah, seriously. look at the video. It's yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. It, it's yeah. just that part. It's otherwise it's just sad. Anyway, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, one of the most of the as you say, the movement is is interesting. There's one sequence I like, and that's the duel between the Bog King and Marianne. I think that's kind of fun. 
I really they, like that neither one's better than the other. Yeah, they, they just fight each other to a standstill. And the other thing is, they start to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, she's like, hey, he's taking me seriously as an opponent. And he's like, hey, someone is actually challenging me and uh, you know, making it so I have to actually work. And they're having a good time. I did like that part of their relationship, that they liked each other. Like, he was never like, oh, she's so beautiful, but she'd never look at an ugly man like me. Yeah. It's really more about ability. And, you know, like you said, he, she challenges him. Mm-hmm. Now, later on, he does go, it's like, well, she wouldn't like me because I'm ugly. It's like, well, where the frick did this come from? Yeah, it, considering the, the company he keeps, it's like, really? You know, your mom's yeah. trying to fix you, fix you up with basically a giant dung beetle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's an odd, this odd subplot where his mother, who apparently, I'm sorry, apparently goblin mothers are Jewish. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. Come, it's like, um, how did he come out of her? Well, Christ, did you catch that little throwaway line? I didn't carry you in my womb for 23 months for this. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, uh, you two don't look remotely related. Yeah, yeah. And with all those sharp edges, ow. Yeah, uh, but, well. Yeah, she keeps trying to fix him up with basically humanoid insects. More or less, because yeah. the dung beetle thing at the end is not humanoid. It's yeah. just the bug. That's true. It's just a large... I don't know what that was. was that a, a and f- hey, spoiler, were you uncomfortable in the scene where Roland is mouth kissing it? Uh, maybe a little. Yeah, oh, that's, I think there's, a mid- got... cr- there's a mid-credits scene where we see Roland get his just desserts, which is he gets a face full of the love potion, and he falls in love with uh, one of these bugs and it the ironic the it's supposed to be ironic because he's obsessed with looking good and beauty and such and he can't stand anything that's not traditionally beautiful yeah um and he's frenching the bug yeah i mean seriously he's like oh sorry i think i got got one of your antenna in my mouth yeah yeah and it's like um what did i just see why is this here yuck yeah, yeah aesthetically that's pretty gross i'm sorry yeah that was you uh, By the way, did it? Was I crazy? Or th- there is a scene where uh, Bog and Marianne go flying through the uh, kingdom at night, and he puts a flower in her hair, and I'm going, "Is that a black lotus from that's Magic exactly the Gathering?" What I'm okay, I'm not crazy. That's what it looked like. I just wanted to tap her head for any color matter. Just... <laughs> yes, but you would have had to sacrifice her head then. No, uh, I think it. No, no, no. Is this your action? Oh, no, nope, that it... was that was a big deal about the black lotus. Oh, is that oh, you it... could tap it for any color. Oh, oh, it wasn't a sacrifice. Okay. No, so I, I don't think so. Like, you, <laughs> oh, hey, magic players, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Not, of course, that the black lotus has been tournament legal for decades, oh, but yeah. I believe that was one of the big deals. It was a zero cost, and you yeah. can tap it for any color you want. Was it one uh, color or three? One mana or three? I think it was just one. Okay. But oh, this is here, a long uh, time ago. Excuse me, let me I, just fill this in for all our listeners who are probably <laughs> thinking this. Nerds! Yeah, okay, well, we'll stop now. Hey, oh, I was pissing people off. I, I was playing Magic uh, when the only expansion set was Arabian Nights. Mm. Yeah, so... Mike, uh, Mike, was one of the, Mike was the first person I knew who played it because he was working in the comic book store. The movie, oh, no, 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 no. Hmm? I didn't sell them. We didn't sell them. Oh, I thought you did. I thought no, it Pandemonium you got paid in, ma- in, ma- in Magic cards. No, no, that was late, later we did. Oh, but when it wow. first started, it was that Pandemonium was selling oh, okay. which is a uh, new uh, Boston's, or I should say Cambridge's, but Boston nice. area's finest science fiction, fantasy, and gaming store. Very uh, cool they owe, place. They owe us nothing. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, Pandemonium, uh, actually, that's how I, kind of how I met my first boyfriend. He worked mm. there. Oh, and right. um, he, they were selling magic cards, and I saw them talking about it. I thought, oh, what's this magic thing? So I would go in and buy those. And the best part was at one point, Andy, who was very into magic cards at the time, suddenly got out of them. He was tired of dealing with it, and he just started selling them. And this was back, you know, when maybe before the second expansion came out. So I got a bunch of his cards for free because we were friends, <laughs> and one of them was a Black Lotus. Yeah, yeah. And I later sold... 18 let's see if I get no 23 thought, of my 23 of my magic cards to one of my co-workers for $1800 and wow. bought my first color computer and at this point <laughs> I've talked to him since then it's like hey did you feel bad you know blah blah, blah. he still has it oh um, and he's like no I never felt bad about the, the that deal I still have this the black lotus and a couple of the other cards so you know I'm holding on to them and I don't know how much that thing's worth but it's ridiculous yeah meanwhile back at our show oh, about right movies. the movie yeah yeah so yeah, um, uh, those two. I did like their their relationship. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see the two, the man and the woman, getting along 
on no basis having to do with looks. Mm -hmm. And that they sort of had fun with each other. I like that there were little touches, like when he takes her down to see her sister, and she glances (laughs) back and he realizes... She realizes he's left his weapon behind, that he's just yep. left his battle staff leaning against the chair, and she gets this look like, oh, he trusts me. Okay. I thought it was a look like, hey, I could take a... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> but or also, he... there was a point where they're they're both getting very tired out, mm. and the I, th- I forget whose, whose weapon goes down first because they're tired, mm. and the other one's like, man, if I had any strength left, I'd sure be... Man, we're both. Hey, <laughs> that was nice. I also do like when Marianne starts singing again, and he gets this look, and he said, and you hear him growl, "The beast has awoken." <laughs> That's like one of the only genuinely funny lines I think in there. That and yeah. when Roland bursts in at one point on a so-called rescue mission, and he's like talking about how grossed out he is by the fact that those two seem to be getting along, and. Bog just looks at her going, is that the guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's so embarrassed. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> that was a pretty, nice moment. Him, him and his hair. Uh, he sort of reminded me in a way, in a way of mm. Flynn Rider, except that you end up uh, liking Flynn Rider. Well, Flynn Rider really... had a personality that I will have to say about Roland is he's very two dimensional. Yeah. It's not well, interesting. It, well, it's that whole point where Flynn is, is just like, and now the this, smolder. That's right. <laughs> this is not a good day for me. Yeah. And I like the fact that it's like, hey, I'm handsome. It's like, yeah, to a certain percentage of people, but it's not that big a percentage. Yeah. Otherwise, you need, to, you need to work on that, pal. And he does. It's actually, t- this is Tangled we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, a film that I was like, there's no reason I'm going to like this. I'll go see it. It's Disney. And it's like, I really like this Oh, movie. it's adorable. It is. Especially at the end where it's like, you know, and after years of asking, I finally said yes. <laughs> and it's just obvious. It's like, oh, my God, she actually said yes. I can't believe she said yes, which is what he's <laughs> trying not to say. But So, yes, yeah, I, um, I liked The Imp. Um, the Imp yeah. really is just sort of unnecessary, except oh, totally. that they realize, hey, we've got plot problems. What if we just have this character who let's randomly get, shows up and causes trouble? Let's get an albino version of Stitch in here. Kind of. Yeah. But the thing is, once again, it, one of the things that's most fun to watch in a movie is somebody who looks like he's having fun. Yeah. And the imp isn't evil. The imp is just want, is playing. The imp just wants to have fun, and he wants people, he wants Sonny particularly to play with him. Well, I'm and, guessing he's supposed to be the Puck character, right? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. I mean, and, assuming that there's actually any resemblance between this and Shakespeare. Well, there's a magic potion and people fall in love. I guess that's a resemblance. I, I mean, you I need a magic potion to see a resemblance. But. Yeah, yeah. You need a lot of magic potion over ice, possibly with a twist of lemon. Uh, extra vodka. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, you know, I liked the character. And all I could think of is, you know, there's a bunch of movies where I would love for this character to just suddenly pop out of nowhere and cause problems and leave. Mm. I think that would be great. In fact, <laughs> some films that take themselves way too seriously, like, I just want the imp to show up and just mess stuff up because it got dull. And, and uh, and the, go ahead. The music is an odd, eclectic miss, mix. I mean, some of it, for no apparent reason, a couple of them start singing Queen's crazy little thing called Love. Well, did they actually sing it? I think they just start playing the opening. We don't no. actually hear any lyrics. We hear like about 30 seconds of it, just briefly, because you know, this thing called love, and then they just sort of hum, starts humming. I thought they got to that point where you're allowed to use music royalty-free, and then after that, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, no, you got to pay for it. It's like, someone check, 28, 29 seconds, cut! Yeah, something no, like whatever. that might be. I mean, it really just felt like somebody's shuffle, right? Yeah, the songs, there's no real, except for a bunch of them are about love, which is about 90% of, you know, music. Yeah. There's really not any common theme there from all these different eras, all these different styles. And yeah, some of the arrangements are kind of interesting. I kind of like the uh, Come On Marianne, because that's very different than than the Four Seasons version. And uh, some of them, like, I happen to love the song Tell Him, you know, the, one of the final songs. And I thought the version they did was just really bad. I thought they kind of wrecked a really charming song. Is that the one? Is, is yeah. that the one that Marianne's singing? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. I Know Something About Love. Yeah. That was yeah. unfortunate. 
that was that was a very that was, it's like I don't know this song that well, but boy, does this feel like whitewash? Whew. Uh, no, it's a fairly white song initially. I think is it okay? Yeah, it's like it sounds. It like certainly is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, some of it. I mean, I kind of liked. I like the Bog King trying to sing Can't Help Falling in Love with You, and he can't. It's right. just too out of his range. Yeah. And I, I I like the idea that Marianne takes this, let me do it. She sings Wild Thing to him. And well, then that's what I was thinking something... of. It's like there's some song that's just really kind of like white-breaded, and it's like, oh, it's that one. Yeah, because that, you know, that's what, I think that's Steppenwolf. Uh, Is that, animals? Or... No. I can't remember. If, if only one of us could, you know, yeah. find out something. I wonder if that's possible to just if only edit tap, out my tap, keystrokes. Tap, 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 tap. Uh, no, it was not Tone Loke. <laughs> oh, it's the Trogs. Oh, the Trogs there. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the Trogs. Well, the Trogs know. and their famous other hit. Um, uh. Oh, it was actually an American song. <laughs> the Trogs were British, but the songwriter was some guy named Chip Taylor. Uh, Whatever. Okay. Yeah, I do remember the Tone Loke version. I actually liked that too, but that's not what we were talking about. Yeah, no, it's also a very different song. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Although it actually might have been more fun in this movie. I, anyway. <laughs> no, no, we've seen Tone Loke in an animated fantasy, and we don't need to see him again. What was that? Fern Gully. No, 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 we have not yeah. seen him in this. Yeah. I have not seen him. Yeah, he play, he plays a lizard who actually does a rap number. And honestly... First off, Fern Gully, I'm sorry, that is a, an awful, awful movie. Yeah, it's so awful that I haven't seen it. Yeah, you've lo- you've missed nothing. But that one had Happy Meals. Whew. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. So and but I, like I say, I kind of like the Wild Thing ver- song they did. Except then they suddenly start doing this psychedelic '60s. I don't know what you even call it, kaleidoscope photography which is utterly different than anything else in the movie and felt really out of place and very cliche. So that kind of bothered me that that's what they close with. Well, and that's, you know, again, with a part of me that's like, this is, is this even a first draft? I mean, is yeah. there anybody looking at the whole of this or are they just trying to get this done before George wakes yeah. up? You know, I don't know. Mm. Um, weird. Uh, did, now, I was looking at Dawn. There was a few close-ups of Dawn's face. Like, she would get into the camera a few times. Mm-hmm. Did she remind you of anybody? Kind of, but I'm not sure who. There was something kind of familiar about her face. but It took me a while to figure out who she reminded me of. She reminded me of a young Cloris Leachman. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, kind of. Kind of Phyllis-y. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Different hair. But yeah, the the pale blue eyes, the same kind of kind of beadiness about the eyes, kind of pinched. Yeah. Um, and huh. Cloris Leachman, who is a, a wonderful actress, terrific, a horrible Cloris. Yeah, isn't I don't that know. like? I, I thought that's like, oh, Cloris, for when you have that really bad cough, get Cloris. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Is this the? Um, also, it's nice to know that Busby Berkeley is uh, still remembered. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a lot of the dance numbers pretty much scream Busby Berkeley. For those who don't know who Busby Berkeley is, dear God, this goes back, I want to say, the early 30s. Yeah, I think so. Um, and there was a lot of swimming movies. I don't know why, but there were swimming movies. And that's Esther, where Esther Williams, Williams was a big star for some reason. <laughs> How can you find someone not Esther Williams? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so what they would do is they would get out their, their synchronized swimmers. And they would put them in, in weird costumes and put them in a pool. And then they would have the camera literally right above them. And all the swimmers would swim in patterns and there would be fountains and people would jump off things in, in rhythm and stuff. And they're doing that whole thing here. And I'm sure they're doing it on purpose. But it's just like, when are we going to let Busby Berkeley go? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, nobody remembers. I mean, well, we do. But yeah. that's because we're older than dirt. Uh, no, no, people do remember. What was oh god? What was that Coen Brothers movie where they're making fun? Of, oh, Hollywood. Yes, the of the Hollywood movie. Uh, yeah. What was it called? I thought it was called Oh Hollywood. Was I didn't you think? Okay, whatever it was. They do. I mean, Scarlett Johansson is clearly playing Esther Williams with kind of a really bad attitude and a a, a very good New York accent. But they do what is very clearly a, tr- a musical number or a dance number that's a tribute to Busby Berkeley, Esther Williams. But Bur- uh, Busby Berkeley didn't just do the swimming ones. He was famous just for large-scale dance numbers. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I don't know if he was... I don't think he was a director. I think you're right. Oh, it was Hail Caesar. That's that was it, Hail Caesar, yeah. Um, 
I think he he, he just mm. choreographed. I could be wrong, yeah. but so they also always talk. I always mm. talked to him about being Busby Berkeley musicals. So yeah. I don't know. I, I never watched one and never wanted to watch one. I don't need to see people swimming. Uh, <laughs> you know, just not, yeah. especially to music. <laughs> so yeah. Well, that's most of my notes that I have. Uh, it's trying to. Ex- I, I think now I just like to try to try to figure out what it is about this movie that uh, draws me back to it. Right. Because, well, hmm. uh, I, I'm I'm curious to that too, because um, <clears throat> well, okay. So we're we're yeah. done with our our general discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll move on to the wrapping up. Yep. The roundup. So Max. Yeah. Tell me, hmm. what is it about this movie that when it's on TV, <laughs> like pings your little brain and makes you go must sit and watch this? I don't know. It hits something I'm I'm not entirely consciously aware of. There is something I find very charming about it. It's a movie that is, in an era where we don't do innocent movies anymore, there's something kind of innocent about it. There is just enough self-awareness. I I do like little things like during one of the songs when the Bog King is singing uh, what the player don't know, the gambler understands, and Marianne just looks at her and goes, what does that even mean? And I don't even know what that lyric of that song means either. I like the chemistry between the Bog King and Marianne. I think it's very sweet and it's very believable, you know, to first give it a certain value of believable. Uh, I think as far as the lyric goes, it means you got to know when to hold him and (laughs) fold him. Uh, Thank you for bringing in the only other song you can think of about gamblers. Um, (laughs) That may or may not be true. (laughs) If you want to put in the comments any other songs you guys can think about gamblers, we'd like to know. Uh, I, I don't know. There's something, there's a sweetness about it. I, It's kind of a, even if it isn't a great performance of the songs, it's a nice tribute to the songs. It's a tribute to the music. And it's a tribute to sort of to the idea of getting pop songs into into movies. I don't know. I've always been a sucker for that. <laughs> uh, I'll agree that you're a sucker. Uh, I mean, all right. I'm sorry. That, that was cruel. That was mean. But... Uh, I have to honestly say that. So last week you're like, really Van Helsing? Really? Mm-hmm. And I made you watch that. And I would say, this is not nearly as bad as Van Helsing. And I'm, as I said, I am never going to say that Van Helsing's a good movie. It's not. It just, it, all those places where I should just be going, I object. I just let it smooth over and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. This film, I just honestly think for the most part, is just forgettable. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing particularly interesting i mean there's that there's sunny who i swear is supposed to look like somebody and i don't know who it is yeah i know what you mean i i kept thinking that too i looked up who the uh, voice actor was saying nope that doesn't look like him at all yeah it's like this is supposed to be a stand-up comic um including the fact that he's the only elf that has stubble uh, for reasons i yeah. guess but I the know. actor is elijah kelly i don't know who that is ah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you know I'm glad it does something for you. Mm. Um, and I can see why you'd consider this a guilty pleasure, although it's not that bad. It's not bad. I mean, it is bad. Let's face it. The storyline is bad. It's just not yeah. well thought. Um, there's no... I mean, until somebody decides that they're going to um, be cranky, that there's really no conflict between the light elves and the dark elves, whatever yeah. that's supposed to mean. I mean, they've been living next to each other for, I'm guessing, eons and don't seem to care. Um, it's only because one of them's like, oh no, they're going to go and make the love potion, which Uncle Cranky doesn't like. <laughs> uh, you know, the... I like the way it looks. There's something I find very appealing about the visuals. The, uh, the character design's really nice. The animation is very well done. ILM has, as far as I know, done two animated features. What's the other and one? I did, the other one's Durango. Do you remember that one? Dur- oh, you mean Rango? The one Rango, with the Rango, Rango. Yes, yeah, Rango, yes. I, I've Rango. never seen that. I, it, I saw part of it, and visually it looked gorgeous. It was. It was very gorgeous. And the storyline was fine. It was a Western with a lizard in it. You know, it was <laughs> like fine. You do. But, but do I remember any particular plot points? The one plot point I remember is when he decides to call himself Rango because it's the part of the uh, brand name of the root beer oh. that's on the bar. It's Durango <laughs> root beer or something. That's literally the only thing I remember. Oh. Otherwise, I don't remember what he's doing. I don't remember what the conflict is. Uh, it's pretty, you know, because it's ILM. And if anybody knows how to do visual stuff, it's, it's ILM. But, eh. I don't even remember if Lucas had anything to do with it or not. I, I literally, I know Johnny Depp played the lizard. Right, right. But yeah, yeah I just, 
I, I, I understand. It's, it is. I absolutely understand why other people don't like it. I understand why other people consider it forgettable. I agree. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's one of those movies where you go, even where you go, oh my God, this is such a bad message or the performances are so bad. Because, you know, the voice, the performances are all competent. They're fine. They're fine. They're yeah, fine. There's, there's but, nothing that stood out that said, oh, ugh, they're terrible. Everyone's fine. It's just, you you know, certain people, you expect them to be somebody and they're not. You don't expect Alan Cumming, I must admit. Mm. And his Scottish accent sort of sneaks in here and there. It's not but not consistent. much. Not much. He's very well, good at it, that. I was starting to wonder, is like, this end up being Billy Connolly or something? It's like, <laughs> it's not, not funny enough for him. Mm. But, but of course, you never hear Alan Cummings' real voice. So that's why. Mm. Yeah, uh, I like the voice acting. I like the visuals. There's something soothing about it, hmm. and there and that's the, I think that's part of it. Is as you point as you say, the conflict in it is really minor. I mean, there's oh. nobody, almost nobody gets really hurt. No one dies. No. the The worst that happens to anybody is they fall in love with and start making out with an insect. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, on screen. On screen. Yeah. Well, there are these admittedly weird scenes where, you know, the imp is going around and making random creatures fall in love. And you see, like, what is it? A fairy's making out with a frog and a toadstool's making out with some, I don't know, a bandicoot, whatever that weird little furry <laughs> thing. There's a lot of animals in here I can't identify. Yeah. And I honestly, there are sequences where they have a lot of uh, animated insects, giant insects. I don't like insects. They, I get scared. I don't. I, spiders scare me and such. This movie actually kind of makes them appealing, because Except of the way the it's shot. No, even the spider looks okay. Well, that's yeah, one of the things I like. Is there is a sequence where he takes, where the Bog King takes Marianne out flying around the Dark Kingdom, and she's always been afraid of it because you know she just is because all of her people are. <laughs> For, and, yeah, reasons. For reasons. Yeah, again, never explained. Oh, you know, it might actually be stuff. It could be stuff, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he shows her how beautiful parts of it are. And she sees the same things that frightened her, and she sees them in a different way. Uh, and she and she appreciates them. And I like that. I think that's really nice. That's, you know, she's showing a, different, a change of perspective, and you can find uh, the beauty in the things you thought were horrible. I think there's progress in this movie. And by progress, what I mean is, you know, again, the main female character, there's never a point where she suddenly has to be in distress. There's never any point where they make her wear a dress, you know, like that happens sometimes. Um, she gets to be herself and she gets to be taken as an individual, as an equal. In fact, that's what he likes about her is that she is his equal. Yeah. And she, she probably has some things she's better at than him and, you know, vice versa. So we've got some progress there. Um, we have well nobody dies i don't know if that's progress or not mm -hmm. i mean i guess so mm -hmm. um but it's it's it still feels to me like hey let's take this idea and actually make it into something because right now yeah the whole movie does seem like a, a story session it's like yeah okay so then this happens and this happens and we do this it's like hey that's great you know i bet if we take a while and polish it up it could be something really good and it's like they just skip that step would you like some ice cream? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, I, I would. I, I would like some ice well, cream. Here's a bag of rock salt. That's well, what we got. We got rock salt. We got a bag that, of rock salt. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I will say that the prince, at least, you know, as telegraphed as as Roland's character is, it's a lot more believable than than Prince. I don't remember his name from Frozen. Man, that pissed oh, me off. Yeah, that's where, hey, guess what? Okay, activate evil switch. Yeah. It's like, we're, you know, oh, I love Frozen. It's like, no, you like the songs. Because, yeah, Frozen's got problems. One of which is they get about a third way through the film, and I swear they all went, oh, crap, we don't have a villain. Uh, 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 hey, this guy. Because there's no indication, <laughs> yeah. there's no reason, there is nothing. Suddenly he's just, like Max said, the switch goes on, and I twirl my mustache. Ha <laughs> ha! Where's the railroad tracks? Where's the maiden? Um, so I will say that Roland, there's things that, if they had worked on the story, and this is where I get, people get cranky with me, and it's like, I always get pissed off about storytelling. Because storytelling is... Hollywood's cheapest asset. They don't pay much for it, and it's mm. something that could get fixed. And in fact, you want to have fixed before you spend all the money, like on the talent, on all the the skills needed to make the animation come alive, all the art, all that stuff. If you can get the story down first, which is what you're supposed to do, <laughs> then the rest will hopefully fall into place. 
Yeah, uh, I, I Shrek agree with did that. great. Shrek did great, and honestly, I don't think Shrek looks good at all. I think it's really an ugly film, huh. but people enjoy it. You know, they like the songs. There's that's a jukebox one too, right? Because that's yeah. all pretty much pre-recorded or pre-made songs. Yeah, except most of the most of the time the characters aren't singing them. It's all done as background music. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you you excuse the fact that the characters really aren't very appealing. I mean, that donkey's a weird-looking thing, you know, especially the teeth. It's like, okay, yeah, you... Um, but people liked the film. It worked because yeah. the story worked, and they liked the voices of the characters. Mm -hmm. But this one, it's just like, mm, let's make pretty. And I was like, ah. Oh, yeah. So, so you're going to get a one yes vote from Max, and yep. one, I, if you miss it, if you miss it, you're fine from me. Yep. Nope. This was, a, like I say, this is a guilty pleasure of mine. It doesn't appeal to Mike. That's what happens, and it just means that Mike is wrong. <laughs> wrong That's wrong, right. Mike wrong. was Mike was right last week. Mike yeah. can't be re wrong <laughs> or right every week. So this or week any won't. week. So, <laughs> so Mike. Speaking yes. of other weeks. Yes. What are we going to listen to next week, Brian? The same thing we watch every week, Pinky. No. <laughs> what? So. I'm going to broaden the term of guilty Ooh, pleasure. Okay. And the reason I'm going to broaden the term is that the film that I'm going to pick, I don't think in any way is a bad film. Hmm. However, uh. there are problems with continuing to watch the film because, of course, Hollywood has had some issues. One of these issues goes back to the 1970s. Uh -oh. The other one is more recent. And the film that I'm going to pick yeah. is The Ninth Gate. Oh, that... Oh, God. Yes. So there are two guilty parts of this film. And one of them one is, is Roman of, Polanski. One is Roman Polanski. Oh, boy. The other is Johnny Depp. Now, this is Johnny Depp before he became a cartoon character. Um, and also, speaking of becoming a cartoon character, this is before Frank Langella became a, a cartoon character. Yeah. Um, it is, I forget when it came out. I'll, I'll look it up. We'll find out next week. But it is a ostensibly a horror film. Kind of. Huh. Um, there's, it's not really, there's nobody jumps out. There's none of that stuff. But it is a film that for whatever reason, and I don't think I saw it in the theater. I don't even know where I saw this. But I have watched this film over and over and over again. And obviously these days, a guilty pleasure, I think, can include stuff that's like, yeah, we're not supposed to watch this. You know, we're not mm. supposed to see this. And you and I discussed this back with uh, The Big Kahuna. Yeah. With Kevin Spacey, who uh, I literally cannot seem to keep out of trouble. Yeah. And I'll be nice and I won't say keep his hands out of people's pants. But uh, he was actually recently in your neck of the woods. He was in Nantucket um, uh, in front of the judge because the judge said, no, you do have to appear because he had stuck his hand. So, wait, what, anyway. so what you're saying is there once was a Spacey from Nantucket? <laughs> and that's where we're going to end the show. Good so night, everybody. next week. <laughs> Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. <laughs>